fans and welcome to another edition of Huggies Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And on today's show, we're going to talk a lot of football and not just about COVID and football. It's going to be actually very little of that and more so about the actual uh, games and rosters and schedule and everything coming up um, in pretty in a month. Uh, you know, we're September 23rd when we're recording this. October 23rd and 24th is the opening weekend. So a lot of excitement uh, building towards the Big Ten season. The Badgers have been back at practice. The 2020 roster was released today, so we'll break down some of that because there's some notable uh, additions, subtractions, changes on that roster that uh, will definitely change what uh, we expected to see on the field in some capacity in 2020. So a lot to get to on that front uh, in our news segment, and then we'll talk a little bit uh, about Coach Chris and his media presser today. Uh, wasn't a whole lot of, of notable talk in there. He did touch on some COVID protocols, which we found kind of interesting, um, and uh, things like that. And then we'll do some returner profiles to round out the episode. So plenty of football to listen to, uh, plenty to talk about, and we're excited to get into it. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Ready to talk a little uh, actual news that has to do with an impending season. So there's an actual season happening. I know you and I have been itching at the bit to, to get to that, to be able to watch the Badgers. And uh, obviously, we're not going to be able to go to practice like normal, um, but uh, we will be able to go ahead and and uh, interview players via Zoom and the coaches via Zoom. So that's kind of limits some of the interactions we've got just because of COVID. But I, I know for, for both of us, we're extremely excited just to have football back. How are you doing, man? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great feeling to get that, to wake up to that email of the 2020 roster. It seems like it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, when we were writing our returner profiles uh, over these past four, four or so months, it seems like, um, you know, to just be looking at the old roster, and, and it, it sounds like such a silly little thing, but to be able to see the new, crisp, fresh roster and, and you know, know that that means, you know, a season coming up is, it's pretty exciting. You see the the new incoming freshman on there. You see some changes um, uh, on there, and it just means that you're getting closer and closer to football. So I was uh, excited, and I'm, I'm ready to talk some football. So why don't we go ahead and hop right into our news? Let's do this, dude. Here's what's happening. All right, so at the top of the show, we talked about Wisconsin releasing their 2020 roster. There were some big changes on there, um, some very notable additions and uh, a notable uh, subtraction for the time being, and we'll start uh, with the first one. Reggie Pearson, uh, safety, uh, probably you know your your starting safety outside of Eric on the other side of Eric Burrell, uh, not on the roster. Uh, Coach Chris was asked about it in his media availability today. Uh, cited that he was not medically cleared to play. Uh, did not give any further details than that. It sounds like it eventually there will be more details kind of shed on what's going on. Um, but certainly a big surprise, and we hope that uh, that everything is okay with Reggie. Coach Chris mentioned that he is in school and, and with the team, and 
they want him to continue to be around the team. But uh, it certainly uh, it sounds like a tough situation for whatever's going on. And of course, we don't want to speculate, but we wish him the best. But what do you make of of that big surprise? Because that was kind of the most notable uh, change on the roster. Yeah, I think it's definitely a shakeup and, and changes kind of the complexion of the entire defense. Uh, he's a kid who played last year a lot. He started games as a true freshman, started a game as a true freshman, then started uh, all of the games last year as your safety outside of the the one game that he uh, missed the first half due to targeting. So he he's a big hitter. He he's a guy that they trust right away. He's athletic. Um, and, a, and a guy that you can tr- uh, count on. So I think it obviously, uh, if you're going to have a position that it, it happens to, safety is not terrible, at least for right now. Um, it's definitely a blow down the road because he was only going to be a redshirt sophomore. But um, going into this year, I don't think it impacts the team quite as much uh, as long as a guy like Scott Nelson is healthy, which is still an if considering he's coming off of that uh, ACL injury. He, he has. Um, been able to have well over a year now to, to rehab, so hopefully he's good to go. But it but it definitely shakes things up in a, in a lot of ways in that secondary. You'll see some other players behind them having a, a greater role to, to help out, whether that's John Torchio or whether that's Colin Wilder or maybe um, a guy like Titus Toller can, can uh, work his way into the fold as well. So I think it hurts the depth at that position overall. I don't necessarily know how huge it is in terms of starter quality because I do think Scott Nelson, if he's healthy, um, can, can more than make up for that, uh, that loss as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. When I saw that uh, the the depth is, is I think, the main concern there because when we, we've talked about the safety position on, on previous podcasts and we, we kind of noted that it was a position that was really a strength. You know, you've got Eric Burrell, who could be an all-conference player this year. You've got Scott Nelson, a kid that, you know, before his injury was playing at a really high level for Wisconsin, and it, it really looked like a, a player that could be, um, you know, really set up for the future so early on in his career. Unfortunately, went down with an injury, so you don't know uh, where he's at right now. You hope that he can step right in and, and be that guy that he was before. But, you know, that's a long time off where uh, it's a concern. And, and certainly the, the depth, everyone kind of moves up. You know, you had, you had Colin Wilder, who always seemed like a uh, nice piece of depth where maybe he's going to have to take on a, a bigger role now. Uh, with the departure of Pearsons for at least uh, the time being. You know, Coach Chris said the, he wouldn't be back with uh, the team unless he was medically cleared, and until that happened, um, you know, he wouldn't be on the field. He can be around for practice and things like that. But uh, So it's it's significant. It's not like something where it's going to be – it sounds like a short-term thing. It sounds like there are going to have to be some things that they work through to get him cleared. So all of a sudden these guys that were a luxury in terms of depth uh, get moved up into a little bit bigger of a role. So – uh, for a guy like Colin Wilder who transferred into Wisconsin to play, that's that's certainly an exciting uh, opportunity, and there's some younger guys that you might see more of uh, taking to the field. But uh, it shifts the whole landscape of the safety position from going from kind of a luxury with depth to a little bit more where guys are, are going to be pressed to play uh, more than they probably expected. Oh, without a doubt. And I, I think, um, obviously, we hope for nothing but the best for Reggie, that he comes back is healthy and is able to suit up in a Badger uniform again. That would be uh, the ideal scenario for both him and for Wisconsin just because he really is uh, just a redshirt sophomore going into that. So he's got plenty of eligibility, and, and just hopefully that can get all cleared up on the medical end. Um, they, they didn't go into 
total lot of details, but I'm guessing that at some point Reggie or his father will um, go out, go ahead and speak on behalf of what's going on. But I do think it's interesting because maybe that's the reason that the Badgers went ahead and had that extra secondary position. You know, we talked about uh, Al Ashford um, coming on. Maybe that's he's the the extra scholarship that you had in the secondary, and they they liked what they saw out of him. Um, maybe you look at it as another reason. Maybe that Braylon Allen coming up uh, in pop. Popping in a year earlier um, is important because who knows now, given the way the depth chart's set up, you're going to have Eric Burrell, Madison Cohn, as well as Colin Wilder graduating after this year. That's that's a lot to lose. And now the only returner out of that group is going to be Scott Nelson, who's possibly a starter. So it makes it so that you have a lot more youth at that position. Could a guy like a Hunter Wohler come in and pop into a starting role or, or get into the rotation right away as a true freshman. I think that's something to watch, especially given um, the fact that they are speeding up the timeline with Braylon Allen and um, Hunter Wohler is possibly thinking about enrolling early. So I think that's where um, it really impacts the position if he is unable to come back from whatever medical thing is holding him back. Uh, that's where it's most impactful in my eyes is down the road because you were supposed to have him for two years beyond 2020. Yeah, exactly. You know, he was a guy that you were, were really excited to see and, and kind of counting on here in the future. Um, so hopefully he can can work through whatever medical uh, issues that are going on there and, and get back on the field. And, and we, our thoughts are, of course, with him. It's got to be a tough time because um, I know he was very vocal about wanting to play and excited to play. So be uh, you know not cleared has got to be a tough situation uh, for him and his family. So we wish them the best. Um, in terms of additions, John Deetson was a surprise addition, according to Coach Chris. He's kind of been working his way back to try and get on the field. Uh, I believe he said his last game was the Pinstripe Bowl, uh, which feels like so long ago when you add in COVID, kind of making time uh, crawl by, but. I, I, it was nice to see, you know, he kind of gets a, a six-year, an opportunity to play ball. Uh, unsure of where he'll uh, be in terms of what impact he can make, but what did you make of that addition, and, and what kind of impact do you think John Deetson can have on this team? Yeah, I mean, I think if he's healthy and, and is truly healthy, ready to go, he, he's a guy that can, at the very least, be a veteran um, reserve at that guard position. You know, he played a lot of left guard for the Badgers uh, over the course of his career. He's a he's a big guy, really physical, really athletic, um, and a talented player. So there's a reason he started for multiple years with the Badgers. Uh, now that he's healthy, I think it's – it's great. It's the type of story you'd want uh, on your team. Uh, he kind of knows what the grind looks like. He's a guy who's going to put his nose in a fan for what for the Badgers. We've seen him play through so many injuries uh, with his foot and leg injuries that he's gone through over the course of his career. So hopefully uh, he's able to kind of get back in shape, get ready to roll here because he's a guy who could really push for that left guard spot and, and give uh, the Badgers a little security behind Josh Seltzner if that's where they go or if or if he's able to, you know, cement a comeback and really be that starting left guard. So I think it, overall it's it's great, um, not only for the player, but also for the team because he, he's he's been through the grind. He's played a lot of football, and, and he's the type of guy who, who can help the team out in uh, multiple different facets. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest part, you know, the depth that he might bring if, you know, you, this year you're going to really want depth at, at a lot of different positions. If, if he can come in and be healthy, 
um, and, and work his way. I mean, who knows? There's injuries that happen. This year you have to worry about, you know, COVID and protocols. If someone is in, in contact with something and can't play, if you've got a guy that is a reliable guard that you can kind of uh, put in there that knows the system, it's not like he's being thrown in there and doesn't know, uh, you know, what Joe Rudolph and Paul Chris want to do. You know, he's a guy that started 12 games in, in 2018. So he's played a lot of football, like you said, uh, and I think that'll be a, a, a really big positive to add him into the mix. I know uh, last year, you know, kind of with Xander Neville, you know, coming back into the tight end room, didn't work out uh, despite him coming back. Um, hopefully this situation it can it work out a little bit better because I, like Paul Chris kind of talked about, he'd been working uh, working out for a while and his, his body was getting better. But man, what a what a comeback that would be if he is able to play uh, in some regard because he's he's battled through a lot of injuries, you know, double hip surgery um, on on those labrum tears. So a lot uh, went into his decision a while ago to retire. So to come back and, and possibly make an impact on the field. Even if he's just a guy that provides some depth and, and works his way in there in some capacity, it'd be cool for him to go out uh, that way rather than, you know, a medical retirement uh, years ago. So it was exciting news, I think, uh, for the Wisconsin football team and, and, and fans around him because we saw, uh, you know, how abrupt his, his end of his career was, and it was definitely disappointing, I'm sure, for himself. So to get another opportunity at it would be uh, cool to see. Yeah, I can't wait to see that red mullet back in action. <laughs> Uh, all right, our next piece of news uh, on the roster front, uh, another kind of big surprise, and there was some position changes. Uh, Brady Shipper, uh, former running back, is moving to safety, and outside linebacker Jalen Franklin moving over to tight end. So uh, a bit of a shakeup on both of those. I think the Jalen Franklin one is a little bit more significant because you and I had both kind of talked about him uh, when we talked about him on the returner profiles that we thought he could contend for one of those outside linebacker positions. Now he's moving over to a, a tight end position that's got some good players there already. So what did you make of, of that change and uh, for both of those guys? Yeah, so I'll start with Shipper. Um, I think the move makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of depth at running back um, and a lot of young depth. You look at um, Garrett Groshek's role as a third down back, I think you could have a guy like Isaac Garendo easily take over that role after um, Groshek's gone. You could also easily have Jalen Berger taking a lot of those snaps. Shipper was kind of being groomed for that role and, and kind of had made inroads there. But but I really think Wisconsin's had a lot of success at safety. Maybe he's a guy who can come in and contribute at that position uh, and, and play. Wisconsin's done really good at turning guys into that are walk-ons into solid safeties in the past. So uh, that's a position that they've done well. It makes sense because of depth without um, Pearson. Maybe he's a guy that's going to pop in there and be able to help out as well. Um, but I think, yeah, the Jalen Franklin one was, was kind of by surprise. Even though he came in as a tight end um, in high school, he, he really looked like he was going to be in the rotation at outside linebacker and was going to be one of the guys um, fighting for one of those spots in the two deep. Um, if not a starting spot. So um, that was that was really significant. I think he, he's got the size and the athleticism that you really like. I know that Bobby April really liked um, his elusiveness, his ability to run, and, and just kind of his uh, quickness. Um, you know, maybe that's perfect for that tight end spot. Paul Kristen, I know in the presser that you were able to, to go to, I was able to, to listen to, he talked a, a little bit about Franklin's move and that um, he, he thinks he can bring something different to the tight end position that they don't have. 
Uh, and I think that's really could be maybe an H-back role. We saw what the Badgers did with uh, Travis Beckham back in the day. They have a similar size. Beckham obviously was a way, way, way higher rated recruit coming out of high school, and but also started out at outside linebacker and quickly switched to tight end. So I think Franklin is the guy, if they lean into uh, him as an H-back pass-catching threat at 6'4", 220-some, uh, I think he, he's the type of guy that you can use and, and use well if you do so intentionally. The Badgers lost some, some firepower at wide receiver. Maybe he's a guy that can, can steal some reps and steal some catches because the, the coaching staff usually will only make those moves uh, if they think it's going to improve the chances of the, the player playing. And uh, given the fact that Franklin was knocking on the door to playing time, one would have to think that he is going to be used in some way on the offense here in 2020 and in 2021 moving forward. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're not going to – I wouldn't think you're going to move uh, a guy that looked like he was going to get significant reps at outside linebacker uh, over to tight end if you don't plan on using him in that position. And I think that is interesting when you look at the, uh, the, the tight end room right now. Of course, you've got – Jake Ferguson there, you've got some younger guys that are unproven where maybe that uh, puts puts them in a in a you know less likely of a role. You know, you talk about Clay Cundiff, Hayden Rucci, guys that uh, were expected to take some bigger roles and, and steps up here and maybe maybe they'd take it on as a blocking tight end like you've mentioned. Um, you know, maybe Franklin's more of your pass catcher, H back type guy, but it's it's certainly interesting for both positions because outside linebacker was kind of a position that if you looked at the Defense as a whole, outside linebacker was kind of that spot where there were some question marks, and now all of a sudden, uh, you you it's an even bigger question mark when Jalen Franklin's kind of taken out of that uh, equation. So Spencer Lytle, uh, a guy like him, Isaiah Green Bay, Green May, uh, both of those guys have to be kind of licking their chops, and now all of a sudden the opportunity is there for really both of them to to play a lot of football. So it's got to be exciting because I know. Uh, Green May has all the tools, and, and we'll talk about him, I think, a little bit more here uh, in just a few minutes. But Spencer Lytle, you know, a four-star recruit, excited to see what he can do on the field after his redshirt season. So uh, while it is certainly a surprising move, maybe it'll benefit them at the tight end position, and we'll get to see um, some talented players like Lytle uh, hit the field a little bit earlier than maybe we expected. Yeah, I think I think Lytle's definitely the winner in that switch. Hopefully Franklin makes a dent on the offense because I do think he could provide something very different like Paul referenced. But, but yeah, I think you look at Lytle, he added a good amount of weight. Uh, I know the staff is really high on him. He, he's got all the ability in the world. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the two deep. Um, you've got Burks. I'm guessing um, Green May, like you said, will be the other starter on the other side, especially with his weight gain. But but then behind them, I think it also has to do with they must really like some of these freshmen coming in and what they've seen early from them. I would think Nick Herbig as an early enrollee, I know he had been brought up by multiple people as someone that looks really good, looks the part, um, coming in at 225. You know, he's got the size that he could help right away. Same with Caden Johnson, another four-star kid. Maybe he, maybe he's ahead of the curve. Aaron Witt's definitely got the size at 6'6", 240. So I think that's part of it is that they must really like what they got at outside linebacker. We shouldn't sleep on a guy like C.J. Getz to also kind of round up maybe that too deep uh, based off of what he can bring to the table as well. But I do think Spencer Lytle is the clear winner as somebody who's going to be um, – must be in their plans for a major role in 2020 now. Yeah, you would have to you would have to think that he's going to be a player that uh, you know makes a much bigger dent. It was cool to see. You know, everyone's you, you talked about 
Um, you know, people having him in conversations about that the, the, the staff likes him, so it'll be nice to see him on the field. And if it's one of the younger freshmen and we get to see a crack at uh, some of those guys, it'll be cool to see because a lot of these young players uh, we've we've been following for a long time, and you write about recruiting and, and you pay attention to their timeline. So to see them on the field would be uh, an exciting time. So we'll see how that outside linebacker position shakes out. Um, any updates? Uh, I know I hadn't had a chance to look at it too in depth, uh, looking at the roster in terms of weight and size. So uh, anything really jump out to you um, on that front, on guys that have really put on uh, some some size? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely uh, quite a few guys that that really made a jump. AJ Abbott adding seven pounds is pretty solid, um, and then Julius Davis also adding weight. It looks like he still needs to add a little bit more, um, especially because he's kind of a bruising back, but. But then you also look at Jack Eschenbach. I know we we bring him up quite a bit, but he added over 20 pounds. Isaiah Isaiah Green up 11 is huge because we were wondering if he was going to be able to hold the edge and uh, as an outside linebacker, being at 232, still a little light at 66, but at the same time, that's a hell of a lot better than low 220s. Um, you know, Graham Mertz adding nearly 10 pounds, Spencer Lytle 12, um, and Muma John Mehta adding 10 are all pretty solid um, weight gains. And then Garrett Groshek actually lost weight, went down 6 pounds. I thought that was uh, interesting. And then obviously some of the freshmen, it's 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 kind of crazy to see some of them, what their weights are, um, as well as their sizes. Um, you, you, th- you look at the two tackles that were brought in, Trey Wedig and Jack Nelson. I'm guessing Nelson eventually moved to guard, but both at 6'7", um, Nelson at 289 already, and Trey Wedig well over 300 pounds at 320. That's a, that's a big kid as a true freshman coming in. Um, and Cade McDonald already added like 20 pounds since walking on campus at 6'6", and now 267 as a defensive end. So a lot of guys that kind of pop out based off of their size. And, and I was also surprised that Cam Large is only listed at 6'3", instead of that 6'4", 6'5", area as a tight end. Yeah, you love that. That's always one of my favorite things to look at is some of those, especially the the freshman linemen. You know, we look at their two four seven. You know, when we're when you're looking at the recruiting pri- profiles, things like that, and you're or when you know, when we're getting ready for interviews, things like that. That's something we always touch on, or we ask the linemen, you know, where are you at size wise? But it's always fun to see that first release of the roster and see you know how much weight those guys have, have put on. You know, with with working out and, and shoveling food. Uh, left and right, so that's always uh, an exciting time to to look at the roster and see where some of those guys are at. But it's good development for a lot of those players. You know, Lytle, Mertz, all of those guys uh, are, are going to be guys that might be taking on roles here. Uh, you know, especially with Lytle, what we just talked about sooner rather than later. So uh, these these weight gains and, and getting bigger and stronger and faster are are significant. I know, uh, you know, ten pounds is ten pounds, but in, in college football, when you're you're it's a physical game. Those those strides and those changes can make a big difference. So I'm excited to see what some of these guys can bring uh, now that they've you know bulked up a little bit. And, and the Garrett Groshek one was also significant. You know, with him slimming down, maybe he takes on a bigger role as a, a runner this year and not just a third down back. Uh, you know, if he's he's a little bit slimmer. So uh, all significant news on the uh, weight and size change. Yeah, and the other another two that were kind of slimmed down were Rodis Johnson and Cole Van Lannan. Johnson down 15, which makes sense given the fact that they, I think they want him to be a D end instead of a, at the nose tackle position, given what Keanu Benton's already bringing. So it makes sense for him to cut some weight. He was hovering around 300 last year. Uh, and then Cole Van Lannan just trying to make sure he can stay healthy, losing a little bit of weight, 
Um, hopefully adding a little athleticism should help him out at that left tackle position a little bit. Yeah, both interesting uh, notes there as well. You know, Van Lannan uh, trying to uh, keep keep his size and, and keep slim down uh, to uh, try and, and work his way to the next level now that he gets this little eight-game season to put some more stuff on tape. So some significant roster changes uh, for you guys that we broke down there. It was uh, nice to see the roster, and it's certainly – uh, exciting to see where some of these guys are at as they get ready for this condensed 2020 Big Ten season. So uh, with that out of the way, we'll, we'll hop over to Paul Christ and our media presser uh, breakdown and then some returner profiles. But before we do that, we'll go ahead and get our ad reads out of the way. Uh, so stick with us through those, and we'll be back with you shortly. All right, so we've talked kind of the big things that, that Coach Chris touched on in his media presser were the uh, Reggie Pearson, the John Dietzen news. Um, so we, we won't go into those any further because that's kind of all the information that we have. Um, but outside of that, there well, there was some talk on COVID and protocol and, and what he's kind of asking and expecting of his players. So what did you make of uh, of his presser that he kind of touched on some of those things? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Paul usually keeps it pretty close to the vest, not giving out too much information. But I do like that he talked a little bit about the daily testing and, and kind of what um, what to expect from the the team that they're really trying to just create that bubble and doing the best they can given the circumstances. Um, you know, he still used the word opportunity a bunch in it, which you know always gets me going. Um, but he. Uh, Overall, just there wasn't a whole lot to it other than talking a little bit about the Dietzen, um decision. Uh, we got a little more clarification on the medical part of uh, Reggie Pearson, but then the, the the switch of Jalen Franklin. So those were the things that really jumped out, and I know we kind of talked about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, the the one thing I really liked was the the talk about you know how it kind of went with the daily testing and and how. He he asked the players to to the, the, this is the time that they've got to be kind of selfish and and make sure that they're you know embracing the role of of being safe and healthy because if he said it point blank if you want to play you got to be healthy and especially so in the Big Ten you've only got eight games in that uh, little stretch here and with the the protocols holding you out for 21 days you could if, if it gets timed outright, you could you could possibly miss you know three contests. So if you want to be on the field, you've got to be pretty tight uh, with your bubble. I know he talked about some of the guys um, you know that, that they've had players that have had it, and if they could go back and do it again, you know they wouldn't you know maybe wouldn't let this person into their bubble or, or wouldn't do the same thing. And and now it's going to be even more important uh, to to keep that bubble tight. I mean even family members and things like that. It's going to be tough for these guys, but. You know, these players wanted to play football. We know that that's what they want to do. And in order to do that, it's going to be a little bit tougher uh, in terms of the social life, in terms of seeing family. And, you know, he said, you know, this is where they have to opt in and, and kind of be selfish because if they want to play a full Big Ten season, that's what it's going to take from not just one guy, not just from a group or a position. It's going to take that from everyone because. You know, one uh, one cluster of cases uh, on a team can can spread rapidly. We've seen it these last three weeks that uh, you know guys have been shut down and, and games have been canceled all over without the daily testing. So that should definitely help that, but it's also going to take a pretty cohesive effort uh, from the team to prevent these things from happening. 
Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a collective effort. Just one slip-up can completely change everything for an entire position group, and, and you can't have that. And really, um, you know, Paul is, is a smart guy. He, he knows just how, what's at, on the line for, for his team this year and, and how much grit it's taken just to get a season to happen. Um, the last thing you want to do is be in a position like we've seen happening over at, like, Houston, where this is now their fifth game that has been postponed. Um, so it's it's one of those things where it's it's on the players now, and um, I know they want to play. It's just a matter of making sure that they put themselves in a position to make that happen, and that goes on the coaches and the um, those in the program who are also helping out with the uh, on-staff in in the on the field with with the team so i think that's going to be big is that it's it's got to be a complete group effort to make it happen and and hopefully they're able to make it happen because we're about a month out and we saw badgers around the practice field today for the for the first time in in quite some time yeah it was an awesome sight and, and hopefully these guys can can come together to get through this eight game season uh, it'd be fun to see once they're finally out there. Did you find anything else from the from the presser notable? I think we kind of touched on everything, but I didn't know if there was anything else that, that caught your ear. No, I think that's the main thing. Um, I, I just, once again, hopefully um, we'll, we'll get some clarification here soon about the Reggie Pearson stuff, and, and hopefully we'll see Jalen Franklin make an impact on the offense because I do think, um, you know, Paul brought up that he can be good at either position, but he likes what he can do at tight end. Um, you know, hopefully this is a scenario where uh, it's a guy that they really want at tight end instead of, uh, you know, an Arrington for our position where you don't really have a position for him and you're just trying to see what can happen. But rather they look at it and it's like, oh, yep, we're going to move you. Um, I'm thinking of like what they've done with a guy like Derek Watt, who is an inside linebacker, and they're like, hey, if we want to get you on the field, then the way we can do that is at fullback. So hopefully that's the case. And, and I think Paul – Based off of his comments in it, he he sounds like he was pretty pumped to have Jalen on the offensive side and hopefully use his talents. Yeah, oh, the other one that we were going to touch on, the, I don't think we had it in the notes. Emmett Perry was another player uh, off the roster. Did you make anything of uh, of that? Because I don't believe that was talked about at all in the, uh, the presser at all. Yeah, him and Cam Phillips, a couple wide receivers, um, didn't, yep. are no longer on the roster. Cam... Phillips was a walk-on, but then Emmett Perry was a scholarship guy. Um, I'm not super surprised. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, hasn't been able to see the field, um, entering, you know, upperclassman life, and he's still not really making a dent. You look at that uh, that class that he came in with with Cade Green, and that was kind of a dud at wide receiver, and Wisconsin's had to do a lot to, to make up for it. I mean, you look at a guy like Danny Davis just – kind of rising through and making an impact right away, that's usually what you want out of wide receivers is a little bit of sparkle and flash early in their careers because later on it gets harder and harder to rise with the depth chart if you haven't been doing it in practice. And Perry is just a guy who wasn't able to keep it healthy, and, and so best of luck to him. Um, but Wisconsin just hasn't, hasn't done great with Texas wide receivers all the time. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but, you know, the Badgers struck gold with Danny Davis in that 2017 class. But you also, you look at the other two guys with, with Emmett Perry and, and Kid Green, and, and it just didn't work for whatever reason. Yeah, and, and, and Emmett Perry, you know, before we move on from that, he, he was kind of a head scratcher. I know he played, at, you know, out of DeSoto High School, which was a, a very talented, uh, you know, league and school. But uh, I looking at – I remember I was writing his uh, – 
returner profile, and it, he was kind of a head-scratcher to begin with, uh, not super highly recruited. I think maybe they took a flyer on him because uh, of the size and, and where he played and the talent that he had, and it just, uh, unfortunately for Wisconsin and, and for Emmett, it, it just didn't work out. So we wish him the best of luck, depending on whatever uh, his future holds, uh, that he can uh, move on to the next phase uh, of his life or, or get another opportunity of football somewhere and, and, and make an impact. So certainly uh, another interesting wrinkle to that roster. So, all right, we broke all that down. So we're going to get back into returner profiles now. Um, it's been a, a long while. Of course, we kind of shut it down when the Big Ten season shut down. Um, so we'll get back into those. we got three of them for you today. And the first one, Adam Bay, long snapper, coming back. And there, there's only so much, so much you can say uh, about a long snapper in certain ones, but the Badgers have a really good one at Adam Bay, and we've seen how important special teams can be and uh, just how how ugly it can be when you don't have that. And a long snapper is part of it. So what do you make of him as he comes back for this season? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good to have. It's good to have a senior as your long snapper. Um, they've got a couple other guys um, behind him that, that should eventually um, make their way on the field as well. But the Badgers use a scholarship on him, which is not usually done um, all the time to right away. Um, so they brought him in as a scholarship athlete right away, and he, he's been able to live up to the hype doing what he needs to do as a long snapper. As long as he's not making mistakes, he's in a good place. And we haven't heard his name being called nearly as much as uh, some of the other individuals on special teams who have sometimes struggled or make some head-scratching moments. So um, I, I think it's great to have him and just have a senior in that room to work with kickers, punters, um, and make sure that you're at least ironclad in that part of the special teams game. Yeah, it's important. And like you said, you, the, the last thing you want to hear is the long snapper's name because that generally means that there was a big mistake or a botched snap or, or some sort of turnover. So uh, I, I'm sure Adam Bay is, is happy to fly under the radar, but coming back and, and getting his opportunity to to play at Wisconsin and finish it outright is going to be exciting for him. So I'm uh, excited to hopefully not hear his name too much because, like I said, that generally means a mistake. Um, and, and hopefully we can keep that special teams a little bit more clean than what we had. Uh, not really his fault over the last year, but uh, there were some big special team blunders over the last uh, season that, that definitely hurt. So hopefully we don't run into that one uh, this year in 2020. All right, our next one, Alexander Smith, uh, an interesting player. Uh, his position is definitely one that uh, is going to be something to watch for, but what do you make of him as he comes back to UW this year? I mean, he, he played um, a good amount last year. He, he's, he's made an impact with the team. Last year he played in all 14 games. Um, he had that blocked punt, which was really mm-hmm. the, the key moment for him uh, in that, but he also was – Pretty good in coverage, uh, played a lot against Michigan State and some other teams. But, yeah, that block punt is really what pops out to, to you in, in terms of his season that uh, on the road at Ohio State kind of kept Wisconsin in that game to, to put some points on the board um, in, the, in that uh, Ohio State game. So I, I think he's a guy who will continue to contribute on special teams. He'll be, you know, in the, in the mix at cornerback, probably not one of your – you're two deep guys, but at the same time, he, he does have talent, and he's a guy who's still only a redshirt sophomore with a bunch of guys who are older than him ahead of him. So his time's still coming, and hopefully he can continue to make an impact on special teams like he did last year. 
Yeah, uh, you need guys like that. You need guys that are, are going to come in and, and aren't going to probably be a starter for you at their, their normal position, but are willing to uh, you know give it their all on special teams. Uh, you, you've got they're, – they're glue guys, guys that can, can bring a lot to uh, a team that maybe they don't get the praises, but uh, you, you see some of the plays that they make. Uh, you know, in, in some of those block punts and him a little bit in coverage and, and in the tackling game where maybe if something happened, they needed to work him in. I, I feel pretty confident in him as a corner as well, but uh, just a glue guy for the roster that is, is really important. Uh, you know, the special teams face Wisconsin, we just talked about with Adam Bay, hasn't been the prettiest uh, last season. So to have that cleaned up, they're going to need guys like him to uh, continue to, to do the work and, and maybe compete for a cornerback spot. And if anything, he provides you some depth. I mean, I know there's a ton of that cornerback position, but to have a guy like him uh, will be important as well. All right, our last one, a guy that uh, all-time team name uh, in Taj Mustafa, uh, one of my favorite names on the team, uh, but also a guy that is, is certainly going to be competing uh, for the one of these receiver positions. So, uh a few guys in front of him, you know, you look at Danny Davis, probably your number one on the on one of the sides, Kendrick Pryor in the slot, but behind him and behind those two in that third receiver and, and also the fourth and fifth guys, uh, Taj Mustafa is going to be a guy that's certainly competing for for some snaps. So what have you uh, what have you made of him and what do you expect from him in his return? Yeah, I think he's a guy who really – Jumped out as a fre- true freshman, played right away, uh, caught a touchdown pass from Danny Vandenboom early in his career before redshirting um, after playing in four games. I, but then we ha- we didn't hear about him at all last year um, as a redshirt freshman. Uh, just I know at the time last year it was just kind of consistency issues supposedly that he's just got to be more consistent. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful that with uh, Elvis Witted um, now as the wide receivers coach, he's got kind of a fresh start to hopefully um, make those shifts, get into the rotation a little bit. It's going to be hard this year just because you have those four seniors that are probably at the top of your depth chart. You've also got some some younger guys. You've got uh, his former teammate AJ Abbott, who's supposedly made um, significant up, um, improvements, and he's probably the biggest wide receiver at six two that they've got. Um, outside of um, walk-ons like um, Cooper Nelson. But I, I think Abbott's probably your next up out of those guys, as well as Chimri DK is going to be fighting for it. But I do think Taj Mustafa has talent. I think he's a guy that could definitely make an impact. I think he's, as long as he can get, the, get the, that fresh start and come out firing right away this season, he's going to set himself up nicely for 2021, even if he doesn't necessarily see the field uh, a whole crap load this year. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one that, you know, like you said, maybe he won't see the field a lot, but, you know, it's 6-2, kind of that 180 range. He's got the tools to, uh, you know, come in in 2021 and be a guy that could really uh, be successful here in the future, and they're going to need it with, with four seniors essentially, uh, you know, departing uh, from that wide receiver rotation after this year. It's going to be important to have a guy like him that's ready to step up, and hopefully you can get him some time in, in possibly a limited role to to – continue to get his feet wet where once he gets that opportunity he can make that jump to the next level all right guys that pretty much wraps it up we're right here at 40 minutes uh it was a a fun conversation plenty of football so we hope you guys uh enjoyed it as always make sure to rate review and subscribe if you did it helps us out a lot if uh if you're listening to it consistently we thank you 
Um, and, and feel free to share it on, on social media sites as well. We're trying to uh, grow the podcast as much as we can. And uh, over the last few months, it, it has grown steadily. Recruiting's helped. But uh, as we get further into football season, uh, we'd love to get more listeners. So thank you guys, as always, uh, for listening. We'll be back with you again next week. And as always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.